this week we've got kind of an interesting topic and I think very topical for those of you who live in Florida or frankly anywhere that is exposed to some level of hurricanes. Um, so uh, this week we're going to take a little step back in the time machine and go back to when Hurricane Andrew hit. Uh, what, what year was that? 92? 92. 92. 1992. So I know this is of... of a lot of memories for folks that live in Florida and, and actually anywhere across the country because we all we were all were, uh, watching it, even me up in Boston. So we've got uh, back with us again. We've got uh, uh, Mr. Ov here, uh, who is going. You know, former Miami Dade superintendent is going to give us a little story of kind of what that was like. And we've also got J.C. Silva here, former principal of uh, is it Reagan National? I always want to say Reagan National. Ronald, <laughs> Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan uh, School in Doral. So we're going to. Uh, talk a little bit about it. So, so V, I'm going to just kind of turn it to you. Um, so walk us through a little bit what it was like. So, you know, uh, you know, what kind of happened the days leading up that that day. Tell us a little bit about uh, what went on during that hurricane. Well, it was uh, it was interesting time. Um, you know, South Florida at the time had been uh, subject to a lot of uh, almost experiences and what I mean by that we had had a series of hurricanes that sort of had just come right up to the border mm-hmm. and sort of drifted away or got broken up or or, or stuff like that and um, Andrew came out of the uh, African coast and it had a beeline mm-hmm. uh, started moving uh, towards us never lost track but South Florida was kind of in a mood that it'll it'll dissipate before it gets here. We're not going to worry about it. We're not going to do that. Um, people were not prepared. Uh, people, uh, not just for Andrew, but it, they hadn't been for several years because of that experience. Oh, because the ones that kind of came oh, and then never and never did, or when so they people, got here, they were disarmed a little a, bit. Totally, oh, we, 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 totally. We would prepare. We yeah. would do everything, and they would just yeah. go yeah. up the coast. Yeah, and 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 the preparations were nothing like they are now, where you <laughs> see gotta, the pictures and people. Are, I gotta tell you this: we used to have what we call Florida Riddle jealousy windows. Right, right. And pr- preparation back then was putting masking tape correct on your windows. Correct. Uh, so that if something came through, the window would, you know, fly wow. all over the place. So that was preparation back okay. in the yeah. day. Okay. Correct. So, I mean, it was, we were, we were totally unprepared. Well, anyway, make a long story short, this is right after, we were about ready to open school. Yeah. Uh, the hurricane hit o- over, over the weekend. Um, and uh, I remember having the final staff meeting before uh, at what we used to call the bunker, which is over in our MIS building in West Aid. And we said, listen, you know, hopefully we'll be here tomorrow morning and we'll just get a lot of rain, some wind, that'll be the end of it. Well, little did we, and that hurricane never veered. Uh, it actually moved a little south. It was, if you look at the line of, of Andrew, it was, it was a straight line to, to Miami. It, it moved a little south and ended up hitting a lot of the homestead area. Um, amazing destruction. Uh, I remember walking out of my house when, when it looked like the storm started to subside and being lost in my neighborhood where I'd lived in for the last 15 years. You're kidding me. Completely lost. Did not, all the signs were gone, all the landmarks were gone. So literally 
it took me a good five to seven minutes before I found some sort of landmark that I knew where I was. How long was it over the... It was actually a pretty quick moving hurricane uh, and uh, and very dry. It didn't have a lot of rain, huh. uh, but it was incredibly destructive and it spawned a series of uh, tornadoes that was really did the majority of the destruction. Um, there's some famous pictures of... Um, a 30, 40 foot sailboat on Brickell Avenue mm-hmm. in the middle of the road that some some tornado had literally picked it up and dropped it off on, on Brickell Road. Wait, there were like tornadoes uh, that were going through? Oh yeah. Those are the, the, the heavy little aerial pockets because tornadoes were all over it. And, oh and did a lot of destruction. Um, you know, every school was damaged. Uh, I think we had 53 or 54 that was severely damaged. Uh, we, we had 10 that we couldn't open because they were so destroyed. Uh, and we, I believe we ended up demolishing one or two because structurally just, just it, we, it didn't, it, nothing we could do to, to bring it back up to, to code. Um, and there's like 400 total buildings? At that total? time, yeah, yeah three, between three and 400 buildings, uh, school board owned buildings. Yeah. Um, the further south you went, the bigger the destruction. Uh, quite frankly, when you got close to the Homestead area, it looked like a bomb had, had basically taken off. But there were great stories of courage there yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, people helping each other. Uh, we had, um, uh, because school was closed for two weeks and it took us two weeks to get back open, even though everybody thought that we ought to wait for a month. But all the public officials were saying we got to get the kids back in school so that people can work and do everything else. So we did open school in two weeks. We literally had a tent city in, in, um, in, uh, in Homestead. And one of the proudest moments was that you had every senior staff person was teaching, had a classroom in a tent city. They were providing instruction. Wait, wait, tent city. Can you explain? It was literally a tent city. There was a there was a big baseball uh, park area in the, in the homestead area. And um, because there was no, these kids had no homes. They had yeah. lost everything. Either yeah. that or they had, lost, uh, had left. And so they were living in the tent cities, and we were going into the tent cities and providing instruction for those kids during the day. Oh my God! Um, wow. And uh, it, it was there. There were just incredible stories of courage. Um, the military was there. Um, they did a phenomenal job helping us. Uh, one of the hardest discussions that I had was uh, telling the Secretary of Defense at that time, which was Dick Cheney. Uh, I, we made reference in a prior podcast that I had an opportunity to talk to the president. The president asked me during that conversation, was there anything that I needed right away? And, and we needed to take back the schools because we were putting classrooms and desks back into the, uh, into the classrooms. And so he says, well, here's Dick Cheney. Why don't you tell him what you need? And uh, <laughs> I don't think the Secretary of Defense was really happy about the fact that the superintendent was telling him that I needed to, to start taking back my buildings so, so I can put classrooms. Taking back? What does that mean? Well, they all lived there. They moved in the classrooms. They had weapons. They had all their stuff. That's the place where the military oh, stayed the military when they were here. Took, took the room. Okay. So, okay. so you know, I very respectfully and and thankfully said, "Listen, they've done a phenomenal job. We wouldn't be where we are without them." But I got to put classroom. I mean, got to put desks back in the classroom, and to do that, I they got to give me back my schools. So, little by that was not a that was not a comfortable call. I don't think the, Dick Cheney was really happy. Um, what was what was I'm just curious, you know, anecdotally, you know, 
president like? I mean, was was it was it more of just a very quick conversation? No. I mean, and and uh, I will tell you honestly, um, I'll tell you one anecdote that I think describes yeah. answers that question better than anything. The day we opened school um, uh, was a you know pretty risky day because we had a lot of schools closed. We had to transport kids across town because their schools may not have been open. Uh, the roads were were not clear in many cases. It was dangerous. Uh, we had to unite schools, and you had like Hialeah, Miami Springs Senior High School. They had to go to uh, the Hialeah because Miami Springs was closed. There were all kinds of very complicated issues. We opened school, didn't have one single incident. I recall getting a call at the end of the day from the White House saying, where would I be available at nine o'clock at night or around nine o'clock, they didn't give me a specific time. I said, I'd hopefully be home by that time. And right. and, um, and uh, so at nine something, I get a call directly from President Bush. Huh. Um, and uh, he was incredibly caring. <laughs> No cameras, no publicity, the humblest guy you ever wanna, wanted to meet. Uh, and he basically called and he says, OV, I just wanted to check uh, to he see. You OV? Yes. <laughs> yeah, by that time, we had, by that time, we, I literally uh, used to talk to him every week. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, getting, because he was incredibly helpful and caring. I mean, yeah. he genuinely cared about the, about, about the issues. And, and uh, he says, I couldn't end the day. He had just finishing. Um, uh, doing a speech in Utah. He was running for office at the time right. against Bill Clinton. Yep. And again, nothing, no expectation, no media event, no press releases. Just wanted to hear that the kids were okay, that the school opened up in time, yeah. and if there was anything, incredibly, incredibly humble and honorable man. Wow. So it was a great, it was a great experience. Uh, he came down a couple of times after that when we sort of gotten. Um, Got him motivated, and, and you know, and the schools sort of started reaching some degree of normalcy. Yeah. Um, there was one one humorous event. Um, by that time, I had enough of a relationship with the White House, and he said, "Well, the President wants to come down and wants to see." And, and this is it's a real story. Uh, wanted to to go to Homestead Middle and meet with some kids and talk to them and ask them what they're. And it just so happened that University of Miami and Florida State were playing. Um, Miami, I think, was number two. Florida State was number one. We're yeah. playing in the Orange Bowl. Huh. I had tickets with to take my daughters, and so he wanted to come in and and uh, around eleven or twelve o'clock, which is the kickoff was twelve o'clock. And so I didn't say anything about the game, but I said to the White House, "Well, you know, I may not be able to make it. Is okay if 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 I can have the region superintendent." And he says, well, I'll check with the president. He says, no, he really calls me back. He says, he really wants you there. I said, okay. <laughs> As it turns out, the game got moved to 3.30. Ah. So I figured I could make it. But in case people don't know it, when the president's in the building, nobody can leave until after he leaves. You have to stay for security purposes. Well, we stayed, and it was about 1.30, 2 o'clock, and I was in Homestead, and the game was in the Orange Bowl, which is quite a distance away. So I, I said to the president, I said, Mr. President, I have a gift for you, and I had a University of Miami cap, yeah. and he he was very, and I said, in return, I'd like to see if you'd let me go, because we have tickets to the game. 
And he looked over to the Secret Service and he said, let him go. <laughs> and we made it in time for the second quarter and oh, Miami wow. won, by the way. So, but he was, he was an incredible man. Uh, that's a great anecdote about a great man. Yeah. And he was a special guy. So what, so, okay, so two weeks passed, you guys are back in school, no real incidents are coming up. I mean, how long until things were somewhat back to normal? I mean, it took that, us... people didn't have electricity. Yeah. No, no, it, yeah, months. oh, months, months. Yeah. And it, it took us, it took us a good uh, year before we had some rhythm yeah. to going back. Uh, ironically, one of the things that happened, which was incredible you know there were schools that were close to the to the the ocean that were really ransacked pretty good yeah uh but we had a interesting we took a lot of the schools in the western area which weren't as damaged Mm -hmm. but they had received some damage (laughs) and um we took all the equipment cleaned it up made sure everything was fine we hired a group of people to come down and do that well, about nine months or 12 months later, all the equipment started breaking down. Mm-hmm. And we had already filed our claim with FEMA and with the insurance companies and everything else. So we went back in there because it was a massive breakdown of equipment. Yeah. And then what happened was even in the Western schools, which are nowhere close to water, all the salt from the ocean spray and the wind and everything else had gotten into the equipment. So we had a second wave of equipment collapse in the in the western section of town because it took that long for the salt to eat through some of the stuff that happened in the in the equipment. So there there are million unique cases like that. Yeah. Very very interesting. And you know we went back to FEMA and we said, listen, we need another X number of millions of dollars yeah. because we got to replace all this equipment. And we had the proof. I mean there yeah. was no question. Yeah. So uh, it was it it was quite the experience. But it, it honestly it brought out the best in people. Yeah. We had uh, we had maintenance forces from every school district in the state of Florida and many throughout the nation yeah. that sent maintenance crews to help us repair buildings. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was a great time. It was a great time for this community and and it brought out the best in people. I think the school system benefited a lot because yeah. we we got a lot of additional funding, not only for infrastructure but yeah. for educational programs. Hmm. Lamar Alexander hmm. at the time. He used to be the Secretary of Education, and uh, and he felt that the way to re- rebirth the system was not just structurally but also academically, mm-hmm. and provided us with a lot of money uh, to to institute a whole bunch of new programs, mm-hmm. which we, which we did, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was an exciting time, but. It uh, the scar tissue was there. Uh, I don't I don't think I saw my kids for for three to four months. I yeah. mean, I'd see them once in a while, and you know, I was on the road all the time. Wow! It's, uh, so it was very rewarding, though. And you look back on it, and it was it was it was a great time of sacrifice for the community. Yeah. Do, do you and were you were you teaching at that time or? Um, yes, okay. I had just begun yeah. teaching, you know, yeah. it, was, it was early on. Uh, question, though, back then we had schools that were shelters. Yes. And how, how was that? Because, you know, I, my last school I was a shelter principal. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately I never had to yeah. do it. But uh, Well, it's, it, uh, you know, schools at the end of the day are, you know, structures that 
that are built to survive. Um, and there are different kinds of buildings, obviously, mm-hmm. when you look in Dade County, you know, the W.R. Thomases of the world are like, these are really structured, no, no windows. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, they were, many of those schools were built at a time when schools were getting vandalized regularly. So they, they ended up looking like, you know, structures mm-hmm. of uh, prisons and stuff like that. Um, so we always had a group, but there was always, you know, crisis in those things because we technically we didn't run them Mm -hmm. it was only our facility we had the red cross people some of them were excellent some of them were not as well trained there was always an emergency in one of those things so we usually ended up putting some of our officers in the schools um but it was it was um you know we're we're the we're the largest probably uh holder in dade county Mm -hmm. uh, as as a school system so we were the place to go um and uh but it was it was a pretty pretty unique experience. Do you, do you think the, I mean, since then were there some kind of best practices taken away that the school district now uses today to oh, yeah. to learn from that? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, do you feel like they're more prepared now? Because oh no question you guys about it. No question okay. about it. Um, uh, we, you know, just even on just on the construction area, yeah. um, we used to have what what they call single ply roofing. Uh, and there's two types of that roof. Well, that's a sophisticated name for a big piece of rubber on yeah. top of the building. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, there were two kinds. One was adhesively uh, uh, put, and the other one was with it was uh, structurally with with hinges. Yeah. Well, all the ones that were adhesively uh, on the roof mm-hmm. stuck. Mm-hmm. They were fine. But the ones that had hooks in order to have the thing, the wind got under it, lifting them up. So we lost roofs. There were just hundreds of roofs that we lost overnight. So we had buildings completely exposed because once the wind got under the, the, um, you know, the ones that were hooked on, it was, they destroyed all the, all the windows and uh, all the, all the roofing. So that's a practice that we changed immediately. a lot of the engineering, you know, we created and made sure that everything after that, there yeah. was even a higher wind load uh, capacity. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff that we learned. Yeah. Uh, I think the school district today is much better suited yeah. to, to do the kinds of things. And communication was better. Yeah. At that time, communication was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a challenge. Yeah. And I think, you know, with programs like online learning and all that, you can kind of get Correct. things back up to speed a little Correct. faster. Correct. Correct. Okay. 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 All right. Well, uh, thank you for that uh, look back uh, at, uh, at Hurricane Andrew. Very good. Thank you for listening. To listen to more podcasts, please subscribe to the OV and Out podcast on anchor.fm.